0: You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello, friends, welcome to a bonus episode of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Friday here in mid-June. Less than a week until the NBA draft. And today, on Friday morning, June 16th, Landry Fields, the Hawks general manager, spoke to the media over at the Emory facility here in Brookhaven. Not a ton of news, quite honestly, from this breakdown, but it's about 15-20 minutes of audio, and uh, always interesting to have the on-the-record comments of the Hawks general manager, so I wanted to play that audio for you in bonus fashion. A couple of quick takeaways here. Uh, I think the most newsy thing, maybe, would be the fact that Fields revealed that the Hawks have hosted some prospects that they were not actually announcing to the public, We don't know who those players are at this point in time, but I asked a question as you'll hear in this audio about kind of the challenges that come along with being a uh, team that's dropping in the middle of the first round, as I talked about a little bit on the Mailbag Podcast earlier this week. And uh, other than that, kind of some talk about the philosophy of the team as the draft approaches, what they're looking for in the draft, the strength of the class, um, overall organizational stuff with with regard to Quinn Snyder and Kyle Korver and all the stuff going on in the front office. So interesting interview, to say the least. And by the way, at the top of the podcast, I should also plug, there's been a lot of content in this podcast feed over the last several days and weeks. Just on the draft in the last two or three weeks, I've had Richard Stamen on for multiple multiple part podcasts. Ben Pfeiffer's been on for three, three different parts. Zach Milner this week a two part episode, and then Mark Schindler came on the podcast on Thursday evening into Friday to talk about the Hawks and the draft. Beyond that, Glenn Willis of Peachtree Hoops and ATL 29 joined me for a multiple part deep, deep dive into the players on the Hawks roster one by one. We have at least one more of those coming in the near future on, on DeJounte Murray. But we talked about Clint Capella and John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, A.J. Griffin, Jalen Johnson, etc., etc. the entire roster up until DeJounte and Trey, and DeJounte is on the way. So please stay tuned for that as well. But please subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends. I do appreciate all of the support in the last few days. We'll have more, more to come early next week, but I want to pass this audio along to you as the diehards in the feed that are subscribers. So please check it out and without any further delay, here is Landry Fields talking to the media on Friday, June
2: 16th. I just want to start, before you start asking questions, just uh, about this specific draft class and uh, a couple of things. Like we've had over 100 players uh, come in this year and a lot of that prep work is not just in the last year, it starts many years ago uh, when guys are in high school and it's just, I mentioned that because it takes a lot of work and our staff does a really good job, uh, specifically Dotun Toon, who has been leading this process and scheduling um, all the guys to come in and speaking with their agents. It's not, it's not an easy task and I've tasked him with that uh, over the last two years in fact and I think he's done a hell of a job and it's something where he probably doesn't get enough credit for that and he'd be the first guy to, to mention a number of other people that help him with that. but. Um, For him specifically, uh, he's a huge part of what we do, and I'm grateful for him. So uh, we are where we're at and as prepared as we are today because of him. And um, I'm really excited about this group. I think if anyone's done any homework on this draft class specifically, uh, it's a good crop of of players and people. So it's a good one. So I just want to start by saying that. What specifically do you like about this group? Why do you say it's a good group? You know, so uh, speaking with them uh, in Chicago, in all the interviews, just the collective maturity that, maybe maybe it was just the guys that we had a chance to talk to, but even speaking with them here, uh, there's something to be said about that. I think I have a theory that uh, these guys going through COVID and having an opportunity to stop and reflect on their life has been... uh, A transformative experience. Multiple guys and this is it's not like I've been doing this 20 years but I've been doing it a few times now where guys are talking about journaling and they're talking about just getting in touch with their true self and all this stuff. Like there's something about that that I think is carrying over and how they carry themselves and they're approaching. uh, This whole process has been really, really neat to see and I I think it's interconnected with how good they can be as basketball players. And
3: picking at 15, how do you guys feel about the, the options that you have in that kind of group of guys
2: there? Uh, we're comfortable. Um, draft and the spectrum of possibilities, I think that that's most likely what happens, is picking a 15, but we're still looking at options to move up. There's um, some options where we want to move back, because we do feel like it is a... Uh, you know, I guess the word is strong, but I think there's a lot of depth there. Uh, so, still
0: still a few days. Given you guys have traded quite a few draft picks over the past year, so... What's the chance that you? Does how does that impact your uh, decision on whether to keep this pick or not?
2: Um, it definitely, it's part of it. I think it is. The biggest part is just getting to know the guys. Like at fifteen, it's a good player. Like I, I like the, I like the group that I believe will be there at fifteen.
0: So you don't you don't see trading the pick basically?
2: Um, I would never say never, but um, I think. If the draft were tomorrow, like, we'd likely be picking that. I don't know, somebody can come in with an offer. and say, all right. (laughs) How do you balance what you're looking for in the draft and the fact that you have already a pretty deep roster and some young guys who are on the doorstep of the rotation? Yeah, so um, the draft is always the talent acquisition that most likely pans out to be your best players in the future. You know, if you look at star players around the league, they're still with the teams that drafted them. And, you know, you don't necessarily get those types of players at 15, you gotta go a little higher. Uh, But the balance is more so, this is our opportunity to get guys with high upside. So it's not necessarily positional need, it's all about Hawks DNA and how they fit into the system that we're building under Quinn, and uh, ultimately who they can become as players and the level of player that they can become. That's all at the forefront of how we're evaluating where we would pick or who we would pick.
0: Yeah, kind of along those lines, I mean, is it difficult to focus on a player or position not really knowing what's going to happen once you guys start making any potential trades for the roster?
2: Uh, I don't think so. Um, actually, just the last question, it's we do have a lot of depth. Like I, you know, we've got guys that we not playing towards the end of the year that we're playing early on in the year, and because the NBA is a business that changes all the time, variables change all the time, whether it's injury trades or just the nature of the beast, it's, uh, it's less about positional need and more about the talent and the fit.
1: Are there any challenges to being at 15 when it comes to getting guys in? You know, Guys think that they're going to be lottery picks, uh, trying to just get players. I know you said you had more than 100 guys that have been here, but anybody that you've been trying to get in that hasn't wanted to come, what are the challenges there?
2: Yeah, so we've also had guys that have come in that you don't know about, just so you know. Um, (laughs) And so that's something where it is a challenge. Yeah, like sometimes there are um, agencies that don't want to send their guy in because of... x number of reasons and you can have the greatest relationship in the world with them but they just feel like for their client and for what they're trying to accomplish on their end it's just not the right fit um it's it's part of the business it happens um are there things that you can learn along the way that help strategically put yourself in position to get more of those guys of course having a high draft pick is definitely number one um in that thing but um that's not always the case uh and As I said, we still had some guys in that I just don't want to share with you. I love you, though. (laughs) What's been like working with Quinn during this process? It's been awesome. It really has. Um, We've been really focused on our coaching staff and getting that whole staff in order. And that's where he's spent a majority of his time. Um, I've given him sort of here's, here's a range of guys that I just want you to look into. You know, give me your feedback, and that helps us in our decision-making process. Unity is, being, is one of our, our biggest values, and that does <coughs> not mean alignment all the time. It means an absolute of conflict and commit. So we could sit at a table, here's what everyone has seen, and then ultimately on the draft night, when that pick comes, I have to make the decision for us.
0: When you say arrange range of guys for him to look at, you mean like you're saying, here's these five players, can you watch their tape? To exactly. Some of think, so.
2: Yeah, yeah. Here's, here's the guys that we think are most likely going to be there relative to where we're picking and what we're kind of hearing out. Um, out in the NBA world right now, so just give us your feedback on this. Try not to overload him too much, and try to boil it down for him and his coaching staff to review.
0: In general, this is obviously be your first off season with, with him. It, between you and him and, and Kyle, what's the decision making process going to be like? Not just in this draft, but any decisions you guys make in this offseason.
2: Oh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a collaborative one. It's going to be where let's just take the draft for example hey, here's, here's the guys, here's what uh, is most likely to occur. What do you think, Quinn? What do you think, Kyle? What do you think, Dotun? What do you think, Ryan, Grant, Nick? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I need to hear the collective voices and perspectives that they have, and we need to have a conversation about that. Um, and then the decision-making process is, we, we had this moment to get all the opinions out, talk through it all, and then I have to make the decision. Kind of following up on that, is it? Not say a different type of player, but with Quinn's system, does it kind of make you look at a kind of a different player and what he may be able to add? It does. Yeah. I, and there's, there's things that we value in players that, um, for us, is Hawks DNA, and that means that we're going to pass on guys that we think are, are good, talented players that just not meant to be in this building for a variety of reasons. Like you just can't, you can't go out there and just throw it out there. Like it all has to connect and all has to be part of the system that we hope. Puts us in the best position to win a championship. Without being too specific, how would you describe the kind of player that you're looking for? Well, the way we we operate, and the way you know we value guys that have basketball feel, that have basketball IQ, shooting is always at a premium. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you know you don't take a guy that can't shoot. It's just more about like for how we want to play with the spacing with our current roster of guys with Trey and Jante and uh, and and the like. We we need guys that can space the floor um so that's uh that's always going to be a benefit to us but when you're weighing a number of different factors for for guys yeah this guy might not be an elite shooter but he's an elite defender and defensively we still need to improve there so maybe there's some upside with that so that's part of the whole process and honestly that's the fun of it putting a puzzle together i don't
3: know if this question was asked but how much do you weigh um, kind of looking inward at what the needs are versus kind of looking outward to see, okay, well, these are kind of the elites in the East, and here's what we need to do to make sure we, if we don't compete against them, but actually supersede them in what you want to do next season?
2: It's a really good question. Um, that is part of, that is something that you have to think about. I, I think with the draft, you know, I'm not expecting the guy to come in and say, you got to guard jimmy butler tomorrow night you know like that's that's not necessarily what it is that's that's more so you know is there a trade is there free agency is there an internal development that we need to have with certain guys to understand hey next year this is the crop of players that are out east and for us to be championship caliber and in contention we need to make sure that we're operating and and growing as as needed so um it's it's not as much in the draft you know quite (coughs) honestly but it is something that you always have to take into consideration
3: and I'm going to ask you another one that if it's been asked, I apologize. That's okay. I'm <coughs> pinch-hitting today, Landry. That's so, okay. That's okay. But when you look at where you were last year, sort of in that AGM space versus maybe the GM space, kind yeah. of what has been, what is different for you kind of going into this year too, especially being in the lead, sp- lead role?
2: Uh, Yeah, it's uh, it's probably pretty obvious, just the level of responsibility. Like ultimately when you make a decision, they could sit in front of you and tell you why <coughs> that worked or why it didn't work. And that's the nature of the business, so you have to be prepared and ready for that and be able to handle it. Um, am I going to be perfect? Absolutely not. Um, but I can always promise that any mistakes or successes that we have, we reflect on those, and we try to repeat that process or grow from it. And that's all you can ask for at the end of the day. Yeah, you're welcome. Of you follow, kind of following that up. Obviously,
0: we can make a case every offseason is a big offseason, but yeah. I think you could really make a case this offseason is a big off season with yeah. a new coach and <clears throat> Potentially new direction, and you have ten players. I think you're already into the tax right now next year. Just can you talk about the enormity and, and the level, significant level of decisions that you have to make, and the difficulty your approach on that? Just I know it's kind of a global, not specific question, but just like I your de- thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. No, worry, Thanks understand. for saving me there. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> it. I uh,
2: I appreciate that question. I I I, I don't know. I when you use words like the difficulty and enormity, um, I can understand that, and I, I could see it like that. I don't necessarily feel that, and maybe that's a good thing, you know. Like if I'm sitting in a seat, you got to feel it some, but I don't I don't necessarily feel the overwhelming pressure of it all, and it almost feels like this is kind of how the NBA is, and you kind of built for it or you're not. Um, but you're right, like every off season is a great opportunity, and. For us specifically we're gonna have a lot of new faces and that means relational dynamics are changing constantly and i've only gotten a foretaste with you know with quinn in his lone seat and then as we're building out the staff and seeing them with our current players that are in the building working out and then also with the draft players and i love the energy and maybe that's the new energy that every nba team has um but Our process and the way in which we planned, and how strategically we've gone about creating more diversity and creating broader perspectives, and making sure that we have individuals growing within themselves, whether as players or the staff members, has been crucial. And um, perhaps the enormity of it is not felt with that word specifically because I also find it very fun. And I find it, um, I find it life-giving when you get to do it with the people that we're doing it with. I mentioned Dotun earlier, it's a big puzzle piece and he's working through it and so to give him some clarity um, and some help and assistance in his role, uh, for me, that alleviates and mitigates perhaps the pressure of it because I'm delegating and I'm absolutely leaning on others to do this whole thing with us, so that's him, that's a number of our staff members, that's Quinn. So I don't know if I answered your question, but I don't know. But I'll say the tape back. Uh
0: <laughs> the uh, The last two months obviously gave Quinn some insight: who goes left well, who goes right well, what who to use in certain situations. Yeah. Did it give you any insight in terms of okay, moving forward in this offseason, we keep him, we don't keep him. I mean, I'm just wondering if you sort of look at it like that.
2: You so no, actually, there has not been conversations about you keep him you don't keep him you more so look at it where you have a conversation about him how does he fit within this because maybe he doesn't fit in this specific way but if you change this over here oh well, now it now becomes a lot more interesting so those have been more so the conversations as opposed to getting a room be like yes no no maybe yes uh, and I've appreciated that and I think just meeting him at a basketball level, you know, if, if I'm talking with him, talking with Kyle, we're all in this together, to be able to connect and almost have like a coach's mind and say, if you put a player here in the deep corner, has that change and affect everything else? Well, that player that could have been a no now becomes, like I said, much more interesting for us because it opens up a level of opportunity for us in a half-court setting, which is like, crucial for the playoffs. And um, those have been typically the conversations. And, It hasn't gotten to the point of him, I'm going and saying, like, who is it? Like, it's just, that's not our process.
3: But it has to be kind of a cool cheat code, because it's interesting, you bring him in like about 22 games before the season, so you still get an opportunity to kind of work with him, kind of see how his mind operates. It's got to be a little bit of an advantage, as opposed to maybe having hired a new coach at the end of the season.
2: Yeah, no, we we took a swing there. Um, And... You know, with where we were at, we felt the change was needed at the time, and we thought that, you know, like, our our previous coaches had done a really good job of getting us to that next point. We just needed to do something differently, and, you know, we saw a coach on the market who um, we highly valued, and we thought maybe there's an opportunity there. So, in order to kind of take that swing, um, it obviously benefited. Uh, we, we benefited from that and it did give us a huge lens into our team and for the future where instead like, of just starting right when the season ended, like it, it was definitely like a way up got was as I guess you could say. <laughs> with where you guys are at right now as a team, as a roster, what's the balance going into the draft between thinking, okay, do we really need a guy who can help us now mm-hmm. or which could be in a trade or, okay, we're okay with long-term development? Uh, I mean, it's both. Like, it's, uh, as I mentioned before, the draft is where you're taking a swing on the upside. So maybe there's a guy that's not necessarily ready right away, um, at least for big minutes. You might have some spot minutes here for him. And I'd imagine with Quinn's mind and how he's able to be creative with things, like, he could find that. Uh, it's, it's more so, you know, as Jeffy mentioned, we've got 10 guys, 10 plus guys that, that can all play. Uh, so it's hard to find a lot of minutes for that many players. So maybe that leans us towards, okay, we could take a guy that we're not necessarily going to lean on right away. And we can take a higher upside swing, uh, with a guy like that who's floor might not be very high right now. Um, and I love, you know, what we're building from our development process. Like Kyle's been a huge part of that and really spearheading that from the personnel to the system and how we want this whole juncture to work. So he is, um, He's been crucial for that, and the way that we're seeing the first fruits of it, I believe in that. So that's also a benefit of taking guys that may not be ready for for some time.